welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Well, I want to welcome everyone to uh, Internet Talk Radio as we kind of struggle through a minor technical difficulty here, but we'll get through the show nonetheless. Uh, we have two very exciting guests on today. Lots of information to share with you uh, on the show. Uh, first is a, a recurring guest on the show. He's been on several times before, uh, Mr. Brad Holcomb, who's chair of the Institute of Supply Management Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. Brad, how are you today? I am just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, back home in Dallas, Texas, after being away and some glorious weather here. And where were you away to? I spent about five or six weeks in the state of New York in uh, various places and uh, enjoyed the cooler weather and some fall foliage. Oh, that's that's great. I'm glad you got it chance to uh, unwind a little bit. We also have Tony Nieves with us today. He is the chair of the Institute of Supply Management's Non-Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. Tony, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, we're glad to have both of you gentlemen on the show, and I'm going to kind of play uh, uh, a ping-pong host here in between these two very important reports that have come out over the last seven days. First to you, Brad, I see the roll-up on the September manufacturing ISM report on business rolled up to still a very healthy 56.6. Why don't you give us kind of a quick intro to that report that you issued back on uh, October 1st? Yes, certainly, and I like the way that you positioned that. The PMI is at 56.6, and it is a very strong number although it is down 2.4% from last month's high of 59. But let's uh, all keep in mind that that 59 was the strongest number in three and a half years. So well positioned to continue the momentum and uh, manufacturing still growing for 16 consecutive months. Um. And I am also uh, trying to figure out here, the, the, because I have a little problem hearing our guests here today. So, um, uh, Tony, I'd like you to give us kind of your summary of your report, which uh, seems very healthy at a 58.6. Yes, the 58.6, uh, which was released on Friday, uh, reflects um, a one-point drop from the 59.6 in August, which was a very high reading, the highest reading since the inception of this composite index for uh, non-manufacturing. That composite index came out in January of 2008, so now we're looking at the 58.6, still uh, 56 consecutive months of growth, and uh, the non-manufacturing sector seems to... Well, all right, just- let's see if we can work through some some of these minor issues. Um, uh, Brad, sorry not to get back to you. I'd like to get, if you didn't cover it already, what some of your respondents are saying about this report, because it seems very, very strong. Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, The comments from the panel, and and again, I select about 10 comments that uh, I try to to make representative of the tone and the sense of our 350-strong panel. Uh, One from miscellaneous manufacturing I like very much. Uh, Overall, orders are the strongest point of the year. And uh, another one from the food, beverage, and tobacco products, business seems to be picking up as fuel prices drop, more disposable income at the C-store level, where many of our products are sold. Uh, A third one from fabricated metal products, which plays into construction as well as autos. Warehouse and multifamily construction 
seems to be continuing strong. So those are pretty representative of um, the outlook that our panel has, which is, uh, you know, very, very much, uh, you know, feeling that the economy is uh, is strong and getting uh, more stable, and that we've got, uh, you know, a good opportunity to have a great uh, fourth quarter as well. And let me just continue while we do work out some bugs, uh, some additional comments. Uh, one is interesting. There, there are a couple here that cite uh, world political unrest as, uh, as, as a concern, but also one from transportation equipment. World political unrest is creating additional defense requirements. So, you know, in times like these, uh, there is an upside from a, from a business standpoint, uh, a little bit uh, ironic, I suppose. But nevertheless, um, that from the transportation uh, equipment industry. And, and somewhat relatedly, in terms of uh, government spending from the computer and electronic products uh, industry, uh, the quote is, seeing an increase in sales due to government fiscal year end. So there seems to be more activity uh, from the government uh, sector as cited by these two comments in the transportation equipment and computer and electronic products uh, industries. Tony, how and does back- your report uh, read for a kind of a summary of the report itself and then what respondents are saying? Well, what we have uh, our respondents indicating to us is that business seems to be leveling off just a bit, and there's a slight slowing in this great momentum that we've had in the past few months of strong growth. However, they continue to remain optimistic about the business conditions and the overall direction of the economy. When you look at comments from the respective uh, industries, uh, you know, orders continue to be steady and forecasts are strong for the remainder of the year. There does not appear to be significant growth, but a steady, strong business level, and that came from professional scientific and technical services. One that I've been commenting on uh, for the last uh, past several months in the building industry, there continues to be a lot of remodeling and smaller additions with replacement facilities and new buildings lagging. Many companies would like to build new but are still concerned about making the large investment at this time. There seems to be this overriding confidence issue that we've been contending with for the past few years in the non-manufacturing sector. Um, One from wholesale trade is business remains steady but not robust. Uh, We're starting to see uh, some pricing increases, and this is uh, reflected by comments from our respondents, uh, far-reaching and unprecedented commodity price increase for all animal proteins, produce, dairy, coffee, and cocoa. That came out of accommodation and food services. Um, another one is uh, activity is high right now. It is the last month of the government's fiscal year, and all of the fiscal year 14, 2014 appropriated funds are being spent on new and renewing requirements, and that came out of uh, public administration. And we also have one that indicates positive sales growth for the quarter is encouraging continue to see pricing pressure in most sectors, which directly impacts profit, and that came out of retail trade. Um, Here's one that's related directly to manufacturing, and it's increased manufacturing lead times of requiring additional inventory to be maintained for older aircraft interior parts and new aircraft systems parts, and that came out of uh, transportation and warehousing. So overall, we're seeing uh, good, good representation here. Uh, Tony, I want to get back to this point about the uh, kind of the, the holdup in capital spending that you're seeing. And then, Brad, I want to come to you with the same question. Does your report give, give any insight as to why that exists? Well, I think that it varies by, by industry and company. Because if you compare uh, the capital reinvestment year over year and from what we had as our semiannual forecast to now, because the economy has been growing at a faster than anticipated pace, we're actually seeing a little bit more 
on the capital reinvestment than what was anticipated uh, going back to you know last December and also this past uh, May. So even though there is this confidence factor that was indicated in the construction side, um, we're, we're not seeing that that uh, that pullback as much. In fact, it, it's actually a little bit over uh, a little bit more than it was uh, you know year over year. And Brad, on on the manufacturing side, are you seeing in your respondents uh, any kind of cautious uh, mechanism in terms of investing? Are they uh, holding back more than you expected in your semi-annual update, or is it really about on par with the update? Um, you know, like like Tony commented, it's a little hard to tell, but there are some some indications here that it's uh, honestly a bit of a mixed bag. Um, and and when I look at new orders, which I've commented, uh, you know, I think each time I've been on, new orders really drives this bus. And uh, this particular month, we have 12 of our 18 industries reporting growth uh, in new orders. And uh, we have two that are reporting a decrease in new new orders, and among those is machinery, which I can relate uh, pretty directly to capital investment, not exclusively, mm-hmm. but certainly uh, very directly. On the other hand, so there seems to be a fall off in new orders, uh, at least this month in that category. On the other hand, if you look at the comments, uh, in this uh, machinery industry, one uh, of our panelists indicates our search continues for good machinists and electrical engineers, and that's not the first time we've heard uh, some, you know, some skill sets very difficult to find. So, to some degree, and we can't quite tell how much, the lack of skilled labor uh, is a factor in holding down uh, the production, at least. Um, doesn't really relate to new orders, but there are some mixed signals here. Certainly it's a kind of a a recurring theme on our show that we're hearing that the uh, labor shortages, and really it's a skilled labor shortage, it's not the inability to find people, but it's the inability to find people with the right skill sets, is not only impacting what I think I see in your report, Brad, but it's going to impact uh, the economy going forward uh, each and every month until this gets resolved. And in speaking to uh, various people around uh, the industry and around government, it's not a quick fix. It could be uh, five or even 10 years before we get a balance of manufacturing and get new people trained, uh, plugged into the system. So it's going to be precarious, and uh, I think that's what I'm seeing, and you're probably seeing as a, a small indicator in the roll up to 56.6 this month. Would you agree with that, Brad? Uh, yes, and um, you know, in, in a in a strange kind of way, I think that's that's good news. Anytime you have sort of tightness in the system, uh, whether it's you know suppliers trying to catch up and deliver raw materials to our manufacturers or a tightness in labor and these skill sets, you know, somehow I think that always translates into, into good news and uh, opportunity for, you know, people that, uh, that can upgrade their skill sets and uh, go back into the, to the workforce uh, perhaps at a higher level. And I just want to remind our listeners that both of these reports are available at ism.ws. And if you're following along, we're just going to flow down through the reports. Uh, Tony, each uh, month that Brad's been on the show, he's talked about new orders in his report. And we really haven't given you a chance to talk about new orders in your report. So go into some depth on that in terms of the industries and new orders and how that seems to be developing from the non-manufacturing base. Sure. For the 62nd consecutive month, we've had growth in new orders, and the rate has come down since um, July. July, we were at 64.9 and decreased to 63.8 and then to 61.0. And um, But still, anything above the 50 baseline is exemplifying growth, and here at 61, that's still a very high rate of growth in new orders. And 12 out of the uh, 
18 representative industries have reported growth for the month of September, uh, leading with uh, the top uh, ones being utilities, information, retail trade, construction, healthcare, social assistance, wholesale, and therefore uh, there's the, the rest that make out the, the 12 industries. So overall, we're seeing, uh, again, 62nd uh, consecutive month of growth, and this is both for new orders and business activity for the non-manufacturing sector. And, uh, again, just a, rem- a reminder to our listeners, the numbers that come out in these reports, the 56.6 and the 58.6, are really a roll-up number of that particular month. I know sometimes we hear uh, the mainstream media talking about the PMI number went down or the non-manufacturing number went down. That's not exactly accurate. In fact, they're both above 50, which represents very strong growth in the economy, still a growing economy. Uh, anything you'd like to add to that, Brad, so everyone has a good, solid feel of it? Well, I'm I'm very glad that you've pointed this out because, honestly, you know, a number of journalists and headlines that you see just don't uh, portray the numbers quite correctly to, to our liking. Um, I'd rather not focus on the percentage point change, initially at least, I'd like for everyone to focus on the index itself. And, again, at 56.6, as Tony mentioned, anything above 50 is uh, positive uh, growth and expansion. At 56.6, it's very, very strong. And by the same token, you mentioned the indicators that uh, fold into the PMI. The first one, of course, is, is new orders which we're at 60, very strong number, but it's down 6.7 percentage points in terms of rate of growth from last month. But again, last month was a 10-year high, and we can't always expect things to keep going up because at some point uh, manufacturing would bump its head on the ceiling. So 60 is a great number right. for new, new orders. And, and production at 64.6, uh, a, a tenth of a point above last month, again, very strong. And in, in the case of production, the goal of manufacturing is, is first and foremost level production in terms of the resources available, meaning labor and assets. So they're holding strong from last month, working off both new orders and also working into the backlog of orders, which is is really there for that purpose to help level out production. And the backlog is down five and a half points, but that's why. That uh, production had assets to be able to do that, and, uh, again, it's a tool. Um, Tony, next down. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brad. You weren't finished. Go ahead. Yes, just ticking off the five indicators, we've covered new orders and production. Employment is 54.6, growing for for the 15th consecutive month. I think a few days later that translated or supported uh, a nice increase in labor from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Our next indicator that falls into the PMI is supplier deliveries is 52.2. Anytime you're above 50, it indicates slowing or slowness on the part of uh, the supply chain, the suppliers delivering raw materials, and the fact that they're having a difficult time sort of keeping up. Again, we translate into good news because, um, you know, that reflects uh, real demand on the part of our manufacturers back to their suppliers. And then finally, inventories of raw material at 51.5, down just a half a point from last month, but in a, a well-planned uh, area, 51.5, that to me indicates an anticipation of continuing strong new orders. And that rounds out the, the uh, five metrics that equally weight into the PMI. And we're going to take a quick 
commercial break here, Brad, and then I want to come back and talk to you for a moment about this. Uh, I, to me, it's kind of a mental anomaly where uh, a tightness, for instance, in the supply chain translates to a good thing, and that has to do with supplier deliveries. And then I want to talk to Tony about his five metrics that go into his report. But let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. All Metals and Forge Group manufactures open-die forgings in blocks, hubs, shafts, flanges, cylinders, gear blanks, and custom forge shapes, including seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, nickel alloys, copper and titanium for parts and assemblies in aerospace, oil and gas exploration, defense, machinery, transportation, shipbuilding, energy and power, pulp and paper, and many other industries. Visit steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Brad Holcomb on, who is the chair of the Institute of Supply Management Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. And we also have Tony Nieves, who's the chair of the Institute of Supply Management Non-Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. And Brad, for our listeners, this tightness in supply from the suppliers to the manufacturers um, being a good thing, uh, demand has obviously picked up and the suppliers weren't quite ready for it. Is that what we're seeing? Well, that's right. And, you know, manufacturing is really all about the supply chain from the customer back to, to manufacturing. And perhaps the end user is not manufacturing customers. So, you know, you start with the end user, and you go may, may go back to, to retail, uh, to manufacturing, then to their suppliers, and their suppliers, and their suppliers, and so on. Uh, sometimes there's quite a deep supply chain. So the fact that suppliers of raw materials uh, are slowing their response, or the response is slowing, I should say, and in this case, uh, at a slower pace, but nevertheless above 50, that means they're having a bit of a hard time keeping up, and that's a good thing because uh, they do have a window of uh, of uh, order books uh, to look at. Uh, they have to manage their inventories. They'll have to replenish their inventories in order to produce what is required by manufacturing. So they're busy. Uh, they're having a little bit of a hard time keeping up, and all that translates uh, into a positive, which is why anything above 50 is is good in terms of supplier deliveries. And, Tony, why don't we walk through the five indicators on your report? And, by the way, we've, we've had you on once before, and I really haven't had an opportunity to ask you if your report, like Brad's, is computed from five indicators, or if there's more than five or less than five. So go into that and explain that a bit. Sure. The uh, NMI, uh, the composite, is based on four indexes, business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries. And they're each weighted equally at 25%. And this was uh, determined through uh, modeling over historical information in excess of 10 years, and we used economists, uh, some uh, folks from the uh, academe, as well as practitioners, and we threw, put this into an algorithm and mapped it against past um, uh, GDP growth, and we found that this most closely mapped to GDP, having this equally weighted for these three particular indexes. So we see that the business activity 
had come in this month at 62.9. It was down 2.1 percentage points. As I mentioned earlier, that's a trend of 62 consecutive months of growth. Uh, the same amount mm-hmm. of uh, trend for uh, new orders, which at 61 was down to 2.8. Employment is a very strong index uh, for this space at 58.5, up 1.4 percentage points. As employment goes, that's how the non-manufacturing sector goes. It's a more labor-intensive uh, sector, um, and many human resources that are involved in, in the services industries that comprise the non-manufacturing sector. And then supplier deliveries at 52 off ever so slightly, uh, still slowing uh, for the fourth consecutive month. Okay, and Tony, do I understand correctly that your sector represents about 88% of GDP, somewhere in there? It's it's definitely it depends on who you ask, but it's between uh, that that 80 to you know 88 around there. It, it varies, but yes, you're absolutely right. Okay, and how about inventories and prices and the other segments of your report? I know when we go through Brad's, those are non-measured in terms of the index, but they're very important to the overall report. I wonder if you would step our listeners through the non-manufacturing report and the next uh, sections of it. Sure. The inventories may not be as prevalent in non-manufacturing as they are in the manufacturing sector. However, they they are affected the same way. As you see business volumes, new orders, everything go up. As activity goes up, you will see either inventories have to be built up the same way. might be a different categorization of inventory as compared to some manufacturing, but it's still, uh, it might be tangible goods. It could be anything that, that these non-manufacturing companies are measuring month over month. But there will be an inventory Build up, there'll be inventory burn off depending on the situation. So it does have the same, uh, as I mentioned earlier, same effect. Prices, supply and demand driven or commodity specific, depending on um, shortages, availability. What we see in the non manufacturing sector, it's uh, very fuel driven, petroleum based products uh, where there's volatility. Same thing with food commodities. And then you look at some of the other indexes, uh, well, backlog is affected very similar uh, as you see in supplier deliveries. So the same rule of thumb, same rules of thumb apply as you interpret these indexes. It's just what is the application for that specific company uh, in these respective industries that make up the non-manufacturing sector. And for instance, backlog of orders and utilities, can you give me some idea of what that means? That's a, that's a great question, and it would be based on how that particular respondent was categorizing it uh, for that specific company in the space of utilities. And it could be, um, you know, as we see backlog, if it's a capacity issue, if the supply is not able to meet the demand, and if their providers or their output is backlogged, that's how you will see that measured. Same thing uh you know, utilities is a tough, tough industry to kind of look at. Uh, for me, not having the experience of, as a practitioner in the utility space, but I can tell you in some other industries, uh, you would see backlog uh, in, in uh, say, if it was something like um, uh, management of companies and support services or professional t- scientific and technical services, did they have a backlog on engagements where they couldn't? Uh, address uh, the needs and requirements in, in a specific fashion, or it could be on the uh, input coming in as well. Okay. And Brad, can you walk us through those next five categories of your report in the manufacturing sector? Uh, yes, I'll do that. And I'd also like to take the audience through a quarter one, quarter two, quarter three view of uh, how PMI looks and, and the trend that, that uh, is set up for us going into the fourth right. quarter. <clears throat> so, so first on customer inventories, it's at 44.5, and anything below 50 indicates uh, that those inventories are considered too low, and it's off four and a half uh, percentage points, or I should say. Uh, down four and a half percentage points from last month's 49. 
uh, again, indicating too low and faster than last month. What, what this uh, means is that uh, uh, our panel believes that customers' inventories uh, are, uh, there's not enough inventory on the shelf, and so there would be a propensity for more new orders uh, to to take place uh, in the in the coming months in order to to refill uh, shelves and and uh, as well as for you know sell through. Next is prices uh, fifty nine and a half up one and a half uh, percentage points from last month indicating prices are increasing. They've been increasing for 14 consecutive months. Um, but at the same time, sort of looking over at our commodities up in price list, the list is not very long, and it contains things which uh, consume a lot of energy to manufacture, such as the metals, which uh, are in this case aluminum for the eighth consecutive month, aluminum products. Um, plate steel, uh, some plastics, and stainless steel, uh, along with uh, with butter. So a, a fairly contained specific list of things up in price. My overall reading of this and sense is that raw materials prices are very much in check and consistent with uh, our panel's estimate from the May uh, semiannual update, which was in the area of between 2 and 3% increase for the year. Backlog of orders I alluded to, referred to earlier, it's at 47, uh, down 5.5 percentage points from last month, <clears throat> indicating contraction, and we can see that production utilized this, uh, this grab bag of a backlog in order to maintain level production uh, in terms of its labor and assets on hand. And then finally, uh, exports and imports. Uh, exports is at 53.5, nicely above 50, but down from 55 last month. Imports is at 53, uh, again, nicely above 50, and uh, yet down uh, three percentage points from last month. But both together indicate that uh, our global economy is uh, continuing to work in our favor that uh, in terms of exports of finished goods, the world likes our products. And in terms of imports, we like the uh, selection, pricing, and availability of certain raw materials uh, from overseas. So that rounds out uh, the last five metrics that we follow, which are adjuncts to the first five that fold directly into the PMI and together, you know, represent a pretty meaningful set to keep our pulse, uh, our, a handle on the pulse of manufacturing. Uh, Brad, before you do a quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, I just have a question on customer inventories because you've been dealing with this for quite a while and you also were in purchasing uh, this very low inventory level with uh, the customers out there. Is that unusual in September, just as we roll into the holiday season, when I would think they'd be beefing up inventories? Yeah, just taking a quick scan, um, pick another September. Yeah, actually, it, it is it is a bit low, Um you know, I see some 49s in September, October timeframes in the last couple of years. So that's exactly what I was thinking and going to comment on. Um, you hear some some headlines even just today that uh, retailers are anticipating a, a pretty strong holiday season. And, you know, you couple that type of sentiment with customer inventories being too low. To me, that sets up a good dynamic for more orders to to restock as well as to to sell through. Mhm. And Tony, how about the and I'm going to come back to you Brad on your quarter 1 okay. through 3, but Tony, I want you to step through the rest of your report in terms of each of those categories and and uh, share with us if you're seeing uh, unusually low 
inventories in the retail sector at a time when things should be beefing up. That's that's a great uh, great observation that inventories at 52 just slightly you know showing growth month over month and what we've seen over the past several months and actually I, I should say the trend has been quite for some time is in non-manufacturing more demand pull uh, definitely just in time uh, for, for the majority of this sector and it's always been about cash flow and so inventories have been managed uh, very closely um, Every single month, respondent comments reflected uh, that they were really trying to keep inventories at a minimum. And so when we had this strong uptick in business activity and new orders, we saw this continue inventory burn off and, and playing it very close to the vest, and it started to become a little bit of a capacity issue. So I think that if we see non-manufacturing stay on this current path of this strong growth, that they're going to have to you know, introduce some more inventory into the uh, into their system because it's just not going to hold. It can only go so far, and um, so it, so it's been uh, again not, not just to reemphasize that um, further emphasize that non-manufacturing going back to the recessionary period of time, it was all about burning off inventory, getting rid of obsolescence, um, managing cash flow, all of that. So it's all about cash liquidity. And uh, you know that's that's been uh, the case for for since going back to 2007, and now um, you know we look at prices and backlog, and I touched briefly on prices earlier. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of uh, uh, pricing power in the non-manufacturing sector. It's still very competitive out there. Um, it's all commodity uh, supply and demand driven. Uh, you know backlog I touched on also. It's becoming uh, more of a capacity issue uh, that um, we've seen the respective companies in, in these industries have done more with less as they've had uh, gone through transformation process and reduction in workforce and everything else. And now we're seeing the employment go up because of it, because it's now becoming more of a capacity issue. And it was a wait-and-see attitude of let's see how things evolve. Uh, it's always progressing forward or moving forward uh, cautiously, and uh, so now it's uh, as I as I keep saying it's capacity. So now we'll start seeing those numbers, whether it be employment or inventory buildup. Uh, we'll have to see those those increase uh, going forward. Uh, if you look at exports and imports, uh, exports was very strong growth this month, uh, five percentage points up to 57.5 from the 52.5, uh, surprising, and uh, imports. Uh, not much of a modest growth, 1.5 percentage points to the 52.5. We're starting to see a trend now in non-manufacturing, and, I, and it's also uh, the case for from what I've read about in manufacturing as well, of um, less offshoring and more uh, bringing things back home uh, inshore, uh, not uh, looking to uh, outsource, and, and uh, it's all about insource. So we're seeing that trend also develop for the uh, non-manufacturing sector. Tony, is the new exports being driven predominantly by what industries? Well, that's a, that's a great question because when you look at what actually gets outsourced for the non-manufacturing uh, uh, sector, you'll see leading the pack is management of companies and support services, which is consulting. We, we've said for quite some time that what we outsource or export, uh, I shouldn't say outsource, but export and other people outsource abroad is the knowledge management piece. Uh, and that's what mm -hmm. we, as, a, as our local economy, U.S. economy, I should say, brings to the table is that knowledge management and management of companies and support services. And typically in the past, we've also seen information up toward the top. And that's uh, not quite at the top, but still in the middle of the pack of the seven industries that are reporting an increase for new export orders. When we see the real estate rental and leasing, uh, categorically breaking that down, uh, you know, that's more of, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's comprised of all of that, and the retail is self-explanatory. Okay, okay. Now, in terms of imports, uh, that's just uh, the non-manufacturing sector, and, and I always have to point this out to our listeners, 
The non-manufacturing sector, and maybe you can explain it a bit, Tony, includes um, things like agriculture, forestry, fishing, hunting. Kind of explain what they're importing that's driving the import number up. And it could be it could be anything. It could be the equipment they're using. It could be uh, even the uh, you know the MRO type, the maintenance, repair, and operating supplies, or uh, any equipment. It could be uh, anything that they're using utilizing uh, in that industry that they have to import in order to um, uh, run their operations. Okay. Now, Brad, before we come back to you and your quarter one through three, I want to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back in just a moment with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania, is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778. All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001 AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, Stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. It's no secret that manufacturers are having trouble filling jobs. Now with ThomasNet's new job board, help is on the way. For manufacturers, thomasnetjobs.com is the go-to resource to recruit new talent. Post your jobs and get in front of thousands of potential employees. Or, if you're looking for a new job or you want to reinvent yourself, thomasnetjobs.com offers exciting opportunities from the shop floor to the C-suite in supply chain management, engineering, production, or sales. Remember, thomasnetjobs.com. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. So, Brad, let me come back to you in your quarter one through quarter three. Would you share that with our listeners? Uh, yes. And the, the motivation is that, you know, it's very interesting to read these reports each month and compare one month to the next. In fact, to a large degree, that's the whole point, because we ask our panel on, on both reports, for each metric are things the same, better, or worse. And we'll have normal variations uh, from month to month uh, that, uh, as I mentioned, we can't uh, possibly see things continuously going up or we would uh, get overheated and so on. So there will be some pauses, some corrections, etc. Another way to to look at this, in addition to month to month and and overall, you know, annual trends, is to look at the quarters. And I did this uh, this time just for my own uh, curiosity. Uh, Q1, the average PMI was 52.7. Q2 came in at an average 55.2. And Q3 came in at an average of 57.6. So from that quarterly perspective, uh, very nice gains and, uh, you know, very consistent from quarter to quarter in terms of the growth that uh, one can impute uh, from those numbers. Now, if we look specifically at Q2, that 55.2 in our lookup table for gross domestic product, translated exactly into a 4.0 uh, gross domestic product uh, expectation, which is where the government landed in its final corrections. Our okay. Q3 number of 57.6 uh, maps onto a 4.8% gross domestic product uh, increase when annualized. So there's a, another perspective that I thought I'd share with uh, with our audience. 
what we from try and do is, is, you know, present the data. Uh, it is very much on both sides a data-driven process, uh, as well as the specific quotes and comments, which give more of a forward-looking perspective in many cases. But then with this rich data, we invite uh, our audience and, and users to do their own analysis and dig deeper. Um, and along those lines, you refer to the ism.ws uh, website. I'm on it right now looking at Tony's non-manufacturing. And as he spoke to his various uh, elements, I find it very easy to follow um, in the way that uh, ISM has constructed these uh, online. So it's a great resource for everyone to to look uh, generally and also deeply at the individual metrics and at your individual industries. And I'm just curious, Brad, in talking with both you and Tony, where on Tony's side of the fence, customer inventories are too low, and you're reflecting that in your report as well. Uh, and this being uh, October when demand should be fairly high for bringing goods in. But manufacturing has got some issues with uh, supplier shortfalls and deliveries and labor shortages. Are we going to see possibly a situation where manufacturing is simply not going to be able to keep up with demand? Uh, no, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. What we found is that manufacturing is, you know, is very resourceful. It may have, um, you know, a slight problem one month, but they find ways to, to correct it um, in terms of, you know, hiring additional people or, you know, going into an overtime mode uh, as necessary and, uh, you know, doing the relationship phone calls with their suppliers to motivate them. If you, if you get my drift hmm. and uh, right. <laughs> so, so no, it's uh, and, and the capacity is there for, for more growth um, as we saw in our semi-annual report. So we're not quite uh, full up and that's uh, good news as we approach the uh, holiday season. Tony, in terms of the, your report and also Brad's, because I know both you and Brad spoke at your conference out in Las Vegas this past May, are your reports uh, a little bit of ahead of your uh, update forecast that you really developed in April? If, I, if you can ask me that again, if I understand you're saying sure. that, is this the monthly report more of an update from the semiannual forecast? Yeah, I think it looks to me, from my neophyte perspective, that the economy is actually developing more strongly than uh, even you might have anticipated back in April. Is that the case? Yes, yes. Uh, especially, uh, you know, we we were forecasting, or I should say our respondents were forecasting growth. However, uh, the non-manufacturing sector has had really uh, strong momentum for the past you know, four or five months here, uh, just continually uh, growing at a very, very fast pace. You know, looking back to uh, going back to April, where it came in at the 55.2 for the composite, and just continually going up uh, till we hit the high of 59.6 in August, uh, and the fall off that we had just in that rate of growth. And it was, I think, you, with Brad and you touching on it earlier, as far as um, measuring that month-over-month -month growth. You know, this this benchmark or the bar moves each month because it's measuring change month over month. And so we're really seeing strong, strong growth in activity, uh, even with the rate slightly slowing. And uh, to answer directly your question, yes, it's uh, it's better than what was anticipated uh, going back to our um, semi-annual release in, in Las Vegas. Well, that certainly is very good news for both uh, manufacturing and non-manufacturing. And again, just to remind our listeners, uh, as Tony said, you know, watching the trends month over month, really this every month is a roll up and they, they compute their numbers and roll them up to a figure. And that's uh, really not a drop off because we're above 50. Uh, Brad, your report is coming in very strong as well each month. Uh, do you feel that manufacturing is ahead of where 
you thought it would be this uh, this uh, fourth quarter as we get into fourth quarter when you looked at it in April? You know, back in uh, uh, late April, early May, you know, we reported that manufacturing revenues are expected to increase 5.3% in 2014. And um, I, as I recall, Tony, non-manufacturing was, was lower. Um, and, and so, you know, growth on your side beyond uh, what was anticipated uh, certainly certainly makes sense. I believe that on the manufacturing side, uh, we're every bit uh, on track with that and perhaps a little bit ahead. But we did have an expectation for a solid year of 5.3% uh, revenue increase. And uh, my sense is that we're, again, uh, very much on track and perhaps a little bit ahead of the game. Now, Brad, in your report, there's another section called buying policy. Can you share with our listeners what that speaks to? Yes, buying policy is um, broken down into into three different areas. One is uh, uh, capital expenditures, and the next is production materials and MRO supplies. And these are the categories that uh, our purchasing departments uh, work on day in and day out. And what, what, it, uh, what it really shows in terms of the tables of, of numbers and how it all sort of uh, plays out is in the average commitment lead time for either capital uh, for production materials or for maintenance, repair, and operating uh, supplies. And in the case of capital expenditures, the average uh, number of days is uh, 120 days. You can think of that as, as really a lead time. And when the lead time is extending, that means that uh, the capital expenditure suppliers are uh, are not able to to um, manage your order in, in less time. In other words, uh, there's tightness in, in that supply chain. So last month it went up one day from 119 days to 120 days, and again, very consistent with um, you know tightness in, in the supply chain. In terms of production materials, uh, the average is 62 days, and that is unchanged. Uh, from last month, and in terms of MRO supplies, which are generally, you know, more available, uh, more more suppliers uh, supply uh, parts and supplies in that category, it's down three days from last month to to 26 days from 29 days, and we break this down in in a fine amount of detail. Uh, as uh, as you can see in the reports, but the bottom line is um, it does show and give a feel for the average commitment time for these categories. The hand-to-mouth category really things I use in less than 30 days? Uh, yes, and things that, uh, you know, you can you can order one day and, and get very, very quickly. So there are things that are used all the time, uh, the supplier, the, the relevant uh, suppliers uh, generally have plenty of stock to meet that kind of, of demand. Yes. And Tony, I want to go to your report on inventory sentiment. This is at the very end of your report, and I think it's important for listeners to understand, like in Brad's report where we're talking about buying policy, in your report, Share with our listeners what this inventory sentiment is about. Inventory sentiment, and this was something that was uh, first uh, uh, approached, ISM was first approached by the Federal Reserve asking us to uh, measure the inventory sentiment of our respondents. And what that means is how they actually feel about their levels of inventory. Not so much the growth uh, month over month or contraction, but how do they feel their inventories pair up according to their levels of business. Is there enough inventory in the system? Is it uh, too much? Uh, is, it, is it on par with capacity? So what we've seen is for 
208 consecutive months, our respondents have felt their inventories were higher than what was actually needed um, on hand to uh, conduct business. And you know, mm. to keep in mind that the the mindset of of buyers and supply chain managers, they all want to be just in time. They want everything to you know, almost zero out at the end of each month, going month over month. Right. So any inventory above or anything that's left over, they're going to say, it, it, well, it feels like it's too high. But in essence, we have seen this rate, as it was last month, go down to 55, which was the lowest in quite some time. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that in this space, uh, definitely is uh, more of a just-in-time mindset. Uh, for um, the respondents in these respective uh, industries and companies. Okay, and Brad, as we near the end of our show, a couple of things. First, I want to thank you for, again, being a guest on the show and apologize for our little technical difficulties at the beginning. Uh, My pleasure, always. And I want to ask you if there's anything else in general about your report that you'd like to share with our listeners. Well, let me just finish off my thought process on the quarterly view with Q1, Q2, Q3 progressively increasing, uh, setting up a nice trend. Um, you know, barring, uh, you know, anything unusual, we, we which we don't anticipate, uh, it sets us up nicely for a good, healthy Q4, uh, which will be, you know, excellent for us all to to appreciate. Uh, you know, looking back on January 1, I think we will have had uh, a good year, as I said, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's very encouraging, and certainly a year that we've all been kind of waiting for. I'm hoping that that kind of stimulates 2015 because we've all been waiting for a good year to get a little comfort level. Tony, again, I want to thank you for being our guest on the show and, um, you know, apologize for a little difficulty we had at the beginning, but we really appreciate you being on the show again. Thanks very much for having me on the show. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up Manufacturing Talk Radio today about your particular report? Uh, Just to um, emphasize that uh, we've had really, really strong growth uh, for the last uh, four months and that we're seeing this uh, momentum just slow down ever so slightly, but not to be misinterpreted that uh, we're in still, you know, we're that we're not on the right track of uh, this uh, growth that we've seen, and that the uh, from what our respondents are telling us that business conditions in the and the economy are um, uh, optimistic about it at this point in time. And I just want to again reiterate for our listeners that both of these reports are available at www.ism.ws. Uh, in this, uh, you know, both cases, again, look at the other reports, the historical reports that are also available there. If you would like to get a feel for trends, these are roll-ups for a 30-day period. Each 30-day period is unique, so it has its uh, its own variations. And as uh, Brad has explained on many occasions, we're in very positive territory for both of these reports. The economy is very, very strong. And it looks to be that all of the predictions say that 2015 is going to be a strong year as well. So we're very encouraged by that. Uh, We will have Brad Holcomb on again uh, next month to go over the report that they're starting to develop, uh, get information on now. And if Tony can join us, depending on uh, the day of the month, because his report comes out three, four days after. So we will have them back on in the very near future, and we look forward to the information that they have to share with us because things are going well, and we want the industry to understand that things are going well. You know, jump in. Uh, the water's fine. And that takes us really to the end of Manufacturing Talk Radio for this week. We'll be on next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.